How's it going, folks? How's it going? I'm Brother Matthew, and this is Christian Coffee Time, where we sit down together to study the Word of God. And here we are, another day for another study, <clears throat> continuing on our walkthrough of 1 Corinthians. All right, so, Paul has a lot to say about the church in Corinth, and um, <clears throat> we see there's a lot of issues going on that we can learn from. And we see divisions and schisms and um, issues with the personal interpretations of things. And we see Paul again having to um, teach again the basics and, and going over the, base, the basics of uh, ch uh, church laying, uh, the basics of the faith of Christianity. And, and we see uh, how the people are struggling with this. And we can learn a lot from this. <clears throat> as no church is free from these kinds of issues, um, as we saw by our study of the book of Romans, especially in Romans 7, um, uh, we see how the flesh wars with our spirit. And as the, the sin of the flesh opposes all things, prayer, study, righteousness, um, that uh, it it doesn't take very long for the flesh to override the spirit. And we see issues, depending on, on what's going on with people, whether it be wolves or goats, how, how the flesh and the sin in the world can get in and can affect us and trouble us and hinder our walk. <clears throat> so by our walkthrough here, we are examining ourselves as well. We do see that the interpretation of the text is directly as Paul writing to the Corinthians. And that's the uh, uh, the base interpretation, uh, the direction of it. But we see application as well as all, as all scripture is given for our learning as we look at these things and we uh, learn by their example what not to do. So we're going to continue on with this. We're in 1 Corinthians and we are in, where are we? 1 Corinthians chapter 3. So please grab your Bibles, notepads, and pens, and turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And if you have any comments, questions, issues, insights, please, by all means, go ahead, ask away. Be glad to hear from you. If it's not related to the topic at hand, uh, just please hold that to the end of the study or to our next broadcast. So we want to try to limit our rabbit trailing. But again, if there's anything you would like to bring up as we go through here, uh, anything that you see, uh, you're wondering about, directly related to our study, please go ahead, ask away, be more than happy to hear from you. As this, this is a table we're coming to <laughs> digitally, a digital table that we're coming to here, and uh, it's a, a Bible study that we're all taking part in. If you have comments, questions, issues, whatever regarding this, if you'd like to go over something again, uh, if you're not sure about something, you'd like some more uh, clarification, please pipe up. More than happy to hear from you. All right. <clears throat> I also think I'm setting a record here with my coffee. Um, so yesterday I made a, 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 a pot of coffee. I used my French press, got the, the grinds in it, poured the hot water in, got it all going, and forgot to take it with me yesterday when we went somewhere. So, <clears throat> this coffee has been brewing since yesterday morning. It's very strong, very strong, and cold. 
<clears throat> my wake up juice. Okay. <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> it's strong, but it's good. It's good. As my dad would say, a man with no taste buds be glad to taste it. <laughs> All right. So good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining in. I'm just delaying a little bit to uh, give some time for everyone else to join in before we get going. <laughs> I'm in my coffee now. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Cheers. Okay. So again, we see a short chapter. But the, not because there's a few verses, only a few verses, doesn't mean that there isn't great depth. And we need to really pay attention, as we saw by our study in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, that there's much that can be gleaned from it. And again, that was just skipping the stone across the surface. So we're going to kind of do the same thing again, just a walk through here to see what's being said and what can we glean from it. All right, so 1 Corinthians chapter 3, no more delay, and here we go. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. All right, back up a little bit. We see in chapter 2, starting at verse 14, we need to, chapter 2, verse 14, to understand chapter 3, verse 1. All right, you see that? So back up chapter 2, verse 14. But the natural man... Re now, what's the natural man? That's the fleshly man. That That's the, the carnal man. Carnal being physical. But the natural man, the physical man, receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. So uh, as we see here, for they are foolish or unto him, neither can he know them because they're spiritually discerned. It takes the Spirit of God to understand the Word of God. And when people are relying a lot on on their 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 flesh their their opinions their feelings that kind of stuff they are interpreting things by the way of carnality carnal interpretation so we see like for example people who struggle to to believe that miracles are real that the supernatural is real they, they can't see how that's possible why because they can only see physical they only see the physical plane so they don't see the spiritual. They don't see how the spiritual can interact with the physical. Uh, this is like an atheist just, just can't grasp that because they only see and interpret and feel by way of carnality, by way of physicality. So there are some Christians who, being young in the faith, struggle to fully understand the spiritual ramifications, the spiritual uh, the consequences. So it's hard to get some things across to them because they only see by means of physical. So the natural man, the physical, the fleshly, the carnal man, can, cannot grasp the proper deep things of the Lord, the things of faith, the things of spirituality. So he's talking to the Corinthians here in chapter 3, verse 1, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal. Even as unto babes in Christ. And we see the language here uh, speaking to them as little children, as babies. as th th There's no maturity of faith. There's no fullness of the grasp of what exactly is going on. So even as unto babies in Christ. 
I have fed you with milk and not with meat. So just like with uh, a baby isn't really able to uh, chew on a steak. Um, you give them milk, uh, you give them that only that which uh, they are able to handle. And it's in time they're able to eat more solid foods and more mature foods. It's the same with uh, with uh, newborn Christians. There, there may not be an, an ability to grasp the deeper doctrines and theologies and things of the faith. Uh, they need to just uh, go over the basics, the 101, the, the first steps. So we see here uh, an aspect that I like to use, as I instructed, as turning meat into milk. Turning meat into milk. As you take these things like the Godhead, the doctrine of grace, repentance, forgiveness, or whatever, and you simplify things. Bring, bring things down again and simplify them so that anyone would be able to grasp it and comprehend. So you see, I fed you with milk. <clears throat> the basics, the 101 basics, uh, of the, the person of Christ and the cross and salvation, going over this again and again. Now, there's nothing wrong with that, but you kind of do need to add on to it. That's the foundation. That's the foundation of the house, which we'll get to as we'll be talking about a little later. The foundation of the house is you lay the foundation and then you start building the house, adding the bricks and everything else and, and the structure. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto ye were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. There's been some time gone on here as Paul went through uh, the, the land, uh, went through Corinth and uh, working as an evangelist and missionary, leading the people to the truth of Christ, starting a church there, he gets them established, gets them going, and then he moves on to the next location. Time has passed, years, months, possibly years here, and they've gotten nowhere. It's just they're, they're stuck. They're stuck in a rut with the absolute basics, and they don't understand how to move on is it because they don't want to is there something else going on why what's the problem here and this is what paul's trying to get to the root of here what's the problem for ye are carnal let's go to hebrews 5 hebrews chapter 5 <clears throat> i'll get there eventually Okay, here we are. <laughs> Hebrews 5, 12 to 14. For when for, for when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become a, and become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For every one that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So, as you see here, ye ought to be teachers, but you're still stuck with the with, with such of the basics of, of the weakness of milk and no strength of meat. You have no strength of meat. You have no strength of doctrine. So, we can word this, you know, like, how long have you been a Christian? 
Well, that in and of itself isn't so much an, as an excuse, but we see prioritizing, prioritizing. We see a desire. Uh, uh, someone who gets born again saved would have that, that innermost desire to want to grow, to, to want to learn, to want to study, and to want to flourish. Why are so many Christians so content with just soaking in the basics and not wanting to study, not wanting to learn? But that you ought to be teachers. You know, it, it's kind of sad. I, I've come across a number of Christians over time, tons of Christians, who have been saved for years. And I, I ask them basic questions of, uh, if I was an unsaved person, and I asked you, who is Jesus? Would you be able to explain to me the person of Christ, the deity of Christ, and what he came from, what, uh, uh, and all this, from scripture alone? Would you be able to walk me through the Bible and show me these doctrines and convince me? How many Christians can't do that? And Christians that have been saved for years aren't able to do that. That is shocking. That is terrifying. That is unbelievable. How many Christians aren't able to do that? That's what Paul's getting at here. That's what Paul's getting at here. I fed you with milk. I we started with this. I got 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 the primed. The choke was put on. We got it fired up. Got it going, and you went nowhere. You didn't do anything, and you're stuck there, and you refuse to move. You're content with this, and now we see corruption getting in because you have no depth of doctrine. You have no understanding of uh, on the spiritual things, the righteous things, spiritual warfare, about, about fasting and praying, about, about seeking after righteousness, about striving for the mastery of Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. Ye ought to be teachers. You ought to be teachers. You ought to be going out there and teaching others the basics, teaching others about the faith. But you're not able to. Verse 3, for ye are yet carnal. We see carnality gets in. A desire of the physical things, a desire of the things of this world, as Demas hath, hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. We see carnality gets in, and we see that the physical takes over. And we start building up a religion instead of a faith. Carnality, which is physical, loves religion. It loves mystic religion. It loves the outward. It, love, it loves things that will appease and build upon the feelings and the senses and the desires of the physical. Faith, believing faith, is that which is of spiritual, has nothing to do with carnal. For ye are yet carnal, for as there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? Now, we, we see there's so many angles that we could go with this. I want to try to be careful, because I know some people get quite offended by some things that I say in regards to this. But we see in verse 4 an example of carnality. We talked about this in chapter 2, verse 4. For while one says, I'm of Paul, and another, I'm of Apollos, are you not carnal? And he already, he already went over this. Some say I'm of Apollos, I'm of Apollos, some say I'm of Cephas. 
<clears throat> are we not all one under Christ? We see cliques and clans and divisions. For while one saith, I am of Paul, another I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? Well, what is this? Sowing discord, sowing division, sowing schisms. Romans chapter 8, verse 7. Romans chapter 8, verse 7. Because the carnal mind is enmity, meaning a worker like an enemy. Because the carnal mind is an enemy, is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. The carnal works against that which Christ is trying to, uh, to, to establish. Now, here in verse 4, clickism, clanism, divisions, divisions of the brethren, is carnality and is at enmity with God. Do you see that? Are ye not carnal? And working in enmity against God by sowing these divisions and cliques and clans and schisms and divisions. So this is one aspect. We see uh, how denominationalism does and can have its its benefits in some ways, uh, especially now today with so many differing beliefs and doctrines out there is is that the whole denominational thing can help us to understand, okay, what places would be more biblical than others. Uh, but ultimately, such a thing as denominationalism actually isn't biblical in and of itself uh, from, the, from the offset. Are you not carnal? When you, uh, when you ask people, okay, uh, are you a Christian? You say, oh yeah, I'm a Baptist, or I'm a Presbyterian, or I'm an Anglican, or I'm a whatever. That that whole thing there, that's that's this. I'm of Paul and I'm of Cephas. I'm of Apollos. Are we not all one under Christ? If you believe in the Lord God, Jesus Christ, by grace, through faith, through belief alone, period, then you're a born-again Christian. And you don't uh, no, you don't ang go angling after uh, flying your flag of colors of what clan you belong to. We are born-again Christians, and that's all that matters. It, uh, the carnal mind sows divisions. I'm of Sproul, I'm of MacArthur, I'm of Calvin, or I'm of this, I'm of that. That That's the same thing. Don't go doing that. I'm of Spurgeon, I'm of Luther. No, don't go doing that. You're not, you're not a follower of men. You're not a follower of ministries. You're a follower of Jesus Christ. Verse 5. Who then is Paul and who is Apollos? Like, we're just men and women, born again, saved in Christ. Who is Apollos? Who is Paul? But ministers by whom ye believed. They're just men who came to you and, and spoke to you the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, uh, and you believe the gospel. You follow the gospel. It's like going to... Uh, it's like going to a talk and saying you're a follower of the microphone. Why are you a follower of the microphone? You want to look at where the words came from, where the doctrine, the theology came from. Is the spirit of Christ is what's speaking through the individuals and you follow the voice, not the, not the one speaking. 
We don't follow Paul. We don't follow Apollos. We don't follow Cephas. We, we follow the one who is inspiring those men to speak. Who's giving those men the words with which to say. Who then is Paul, who is Apollos, but ministers by whom ye believed, even as the Lord gave to every man? As we follow the Spirit of God. We don't follow people. We don't follow opinions and feelings and personal interpretations, which is carnality. We follow the scriptures, which is spiritual. Yes, this book is a physical book, but it's a spiritual book. The words, the words are what's important. And it doesn't matter if it's digital or it doesn't matter if it's an app on your phone. It doesn't matter if it's a site online. It doesn't matter if it's a physical book. It's the words, the words, the words in and of themselves. It doesn't matter how you carry the words. It's important that you have the words. As you see, some cliques and clans also throw that in there. Uh, where we where they say, you, you got to have a physical Bible. You stop using the apps on your phone. That, that drives me nuts. Why? Why does it matter? Well, technically, by that logic, couldn't I condemn you because you're not using a scroll like the original scriptures are written in? We ought to all be carrying scrolls then by that logic so we see the the illogical nonsense of the clickism clanism of carnality the illog the illogical just nonsensical just ridiculousness of carnality where we start bringing in religion of uh, divisions and schisms and cliques and clans and phariseeism legalism legalism is carnality phariseeism is carnality Judging after the appearance is carnality. We ought not to do that. We ought to be blind to, to the outward appearance in sense where we want to listen to the doctrine coming out of the mouth. The doctrine coming out of the mouth is what supersedes everything else. That's what's important. I don't care what you look like. I don't so much as care as what you're doing as what you're believing. Because if you believe in the true gospel of Jesus Christ, then what you're doing will be affected by that. And if you're doing wrong, as long as you're believing right, if you're doing wrong, that, that, that shows that the spirit of God will be convicting you. I'm not the judge. The spirit of Christ is. You see, carnality will bypass that and will start to targeting being fruit inspectors of what everyone else is doing and will be ignoring the doctrine of the heart. See, now what I'm telling you is meat of the word. Where those who are stuck with the milk of the word are going to be fruit inspectors, works-based salvationists, legalistic Pharisees, where there'll be uh, all uh, hyper-clicking clanisms. Get away from that. Get away from that. So stop looking at people as being the inspirations and being the authors. Yes, there are individuals who can really help. Yes, in their individuals, we see Spurgeon and Moody and Leonard Ravenhill and Luther, and there are many individuals <clears throat> who could be great helps and, and guides in some things, but ultimately they're saying that the, the, the words from the same source. They're using the same source, the word of God. Why can't we do that? Are these individuals of, of, a, of, a, of a hyper special race or something? Or what, what's going on with these individuals? Do they have something that I don't? Are they, are they of a higher being or something? Do they have a higher wisdom or something? No. They're just men and women like you and me. Elijah 
Deborah, Ruth, Samuel, Peter, John, Mary, Martha were just men and women like you and me. Moses and Miriam were uh, was, uh, Moses men, Miriam was a woman just like you and me. Uh, they're just people like us. And, but they desired of the truth of God and they sought after God. They sought the face of God. They studied the word of God and God used them. There's no reason why you can't do that either. We see individuals like Spurgeon, like Sproul, like uh, like all these, like uh, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones. Uh, we see all these individuals, uh, Eugenia Price, men and women who sought the face of God that we can see, we can do the same kind of work. You see, God uses those who show that they can be dependable. Yeah, I know. Tell it to a Catholic, right? <clears throat> well, that's why Catholicism is a cult. They they have not the spirit of God. They're a false gospel. They don't know what they're talking about. So look what he says here in verse 5. Who then is Paul and who is Apollos but ministers? But ministers. By whom ye believed. Even as the Lord gave to every man. Even as the Lord gave to every man. The Lord gave the same word, the same work to all men and all women to go into all the world and declare the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yes, there there are some things that are restricted in certain ordin or, or orders or whatever. Uh, but however, all men and all women are called to be witnesses of the things of Christ. See Aquila and Priscilla husband and wife there as they were witnesses of Christ Mary and Martha were witnesses of Christ <clears throat> and that it's the it's the same work it's the same word it's the same gospel it's the same doctrines that are given unto all as we're all built together into a spiritual house verse 6 I have planted Apollos watered but God gave the increase. But God gave the increase. See, Paul, Paul says, I, I, I came in and I, sow, I sowed the seed. The seed which is the word of God. Apollos came in, watered that. He went over it again. He went over the same thing again. But did Paul bring the increase? Was it Paul that convicted the hearts? Was it Paul and Apollos that opened the eyes, opened the mind, opened the heart, that gave the understanding? Was it Paul or Apollos that saved the souls, forgave the sin, and did the work? Was it Paul or Apollos that growed the plants? No. God gave the increase. And it doesn't matter how it gets out there. If a, if a two-year-old, if a little two-year-old, Wants to walk up to you, come walking up to you, and, and quotes John 3.16? If a little two-year-old comes up to you and says, Believe on Jesus Christ and you'll be saved? God can use that to save souls. It doesn't matter where it came from. It doesn't matter where it came from. If it came from a child or if it came, came from, a, from an old person, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if it came from a man, doesn't matter if it came from a woman, doesn't matter where it came from, it's the same message. We don't follow the microphone. We don't go angling after carnality. We don't pay attention to the physical. We pay attention to the spiritual, we pay attention to the things of Christ, we pay attention to the word of God. 
You don't judge your salvation uh, by, by the carnal. You don't judge your salvation by the physical. You judge your salvation by the spiritual, by the doctrines with which you have confirmed. Say, so, well, so, well, I don't think I'm saved because I'm sinning because I keep making mistakes. Romans 7, we are locked in this carnal flesh that wars against our spirit and the flesh cannot be stopped. The flesh is going to keep sinning and there's nothing that you can do. You judge the doctrine, you, ju you judge it by the gospel which you have believed. All Christians sin and are going to be doing stupid things, saying stupid things, going to keep messing up, keep making mistakes, and that can't be stopped. That's what Romans 7 is all about. With the mind, I serve the law of God, but the flesh, I serve the law of sin. It's not an excuse. It's just quoting reality here. Carnality, the carnal Christian, isn't able to see the difference, isn't able to understand how there's two natures within us. We see the nature of flesh and the nature of spirit, but we, we follow that which is of spirit, not that which is carnal. We don't pay attention to the carnal. The carnal is going to keep messing up, but we see what we have believed that you may know that you have eternal life because you have believed in, in the name of the only begotten Son of God. I have planted Apollos water, but God gave the increase. It's of spirit. It's of spirit. And it doesn't matter where it's coming from, as long as it's in line with the word of God, as long as it's in line with spirit. Let's look at John chapter 4. <clears throat> John chapter 4. And we want verses 35 to 38. Where are we? There we are. John chapter 4, verse 35. Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages, and gathereth fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is that saying true, one soweth and another reapeth. I sent you to reap that whereon ye bestowed no labor. Other men labored, and ye entered into their labors. All right, just uh, uh, Paul is saying here in First Corinthians three is exactly what Jesus is talking about in John chapter four. So from there, you also see how Paul uh, is an apostle of Jesus Christ and is literally quoting the same thing that Jesus did. But also, we see here uh, what Jesus is saying about the the field is white and ready to harvest. He's talking about the world; it, it's ready for the gospel, and that you need to get out and start and start sowing, start reaping, start working, start laboring in the field evangelism ministry preaching and teaching and all the rest witnessing lift up your eyes on the fields for they are white already to harvest and the time is now see now go into all the world verse 36 now he that receive he that reapeth he that soweth he that gathereth this that the, they are working in the one self same thing the labor of christ and labor of christ however who is the one that germinates the seed who's the one that sparks it to grow who's the one that feeds it who's the one that grows it who's the one that does the actual work christ the spirit of christ and we see laborers that the sower the reaper and the gather they're they're it's they're no different it's no different they're one and the same it's god that gives the increase carnality sows divisions in this makes one person better or greater than the other 
Exactly, Jules. Exactly. It's one body. It's one body. So we see we got to we got to make sure we avoid and stay away from the carnal mind. Because as we saw by our study in Romans that there are as there are two natures and we see the flesh uh, the sin of the flesh the fleshly the carnal and the spiritual and there's also two minds within us there's the mind of spirit and the mind of flesh we see the carnal mind and the spiritual mind the carnal mind is the one that goes angling after emotions and feelings and senses and that which is it is able to uh, to angle after in as intangible then we see the spiritual mind which is the mind of faith which is the mind of faith and doesn't rely on senses. Verse 7, so 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 7, So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. So to, to, to angle after individuals, to build your doctrine after the names of men, I'm of Augustine, I'm of Calvin, I'm of Polycarp, I'm of this person, I'm of that denomination, I'm of I'm of this school, I'm of that school, I, I'm of this Bible school, I'm of this university. That's baby talk. That's carnal baby talk. I'm a Calvinist, I'm an Armenian, I'm a this, that's carnal, that's carnality, that's baby talk. That's what Paul's getting at. I'm of Jesus Christ. I'm a born-again Christian. And I follow the word of God. Uh, to bring in carnality is, is to corrupt the teaching. And you're turning meat back into milk. And you need to go back to the basics again. Relearn the basics again. Because you obviously haven't grabbed it. Neither is he that planteth anything. Neither he that watereth. But God that giveth the increase. So we see, again, staying away so much as from individuals. We don't look at individuals as we look at the doctrine that they're talking about. We look at the teaching, look at the words. The words have life. The words have life. Verse 8. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one. And every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. So... We see differing people, different people doing different works. And to say that one work is better than another work is carnal. Well, this this person over here, they do great works as like Charles Spurgeon, for example, uh, big revivals or or George Whitfield, huge revivals and big evangelism ministries. And this guy over here. This woman over here handing out a, a single gospel tract every once in a while on the street corner. They leave a gospel tract in the grocery store. Um, a couple days later, they leave a gospel tract at the gas station. Who's greater? The revivalists or the one that might hand out a gospel tract for once in a while? Who's greater? The carnal mind, the physical mind, the mind that doesn't understand that is lost in carnality would say that George Whitfield and Spurgeon are greater. Oh, from our perspective, which is carnality, we would say that that's true. But according to the eyes of God, they're one and the same. 
is judging individuals is uh, in that way is carnal and is foolish. That's nonsense. That's nonsense. Now, yes, they might see that they do more, but that may not be what the Lord has called them to do. Some prophets in the Old Testament had, had, had greater impacts than others. We see some prophets uh, came and just spoke a single word and you never saw them again. Some prophets came and, and he held great battles and whatnot. We see Elijah with Ahab and Jezebel and Mount Carmel with the prophets of Baal. We see Moses and all these. Which prophet was greater? Which apostle was greater? That's carnal. That's carnal. That's foolishness. That's baby talk. So we see it's not it's not of that which is physical. We see Jesus saying again, judge not after the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. God needs individuals to do the little things and to be the doorkeeper in the house of God. God needs someone to pick up the broom as well as God needs someone to stand in the pulpit. God needs someone to go to the ends of the world and, and to evangelize and be a missionary to, to, the, to the lost people. And God also needs the individual to, to be in their own little town in, in the backwoods of America and hand the gospel tract to the gas station attendant. It's carnal foolishness. To judge after the appearance we judge doctrine we judge we judge uh, the love of christ we judge truth judgment must begin at the house of god verse 8 now he that planteth and he that watereth are one they're one and the same servants of the lord doing the same work as christ is called are one and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor for we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. 1 Peter 2.5 Let's look at 1 Peter 2.5 Ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Now let's just look at that for a moment. You're all built together unto a spiritual house. The ministries are not the bricks of the spiritual house. The born again Christians are the bricks of the spiritual house. Look at a house. Can you tell me in that in that house which brick is the best brick? That's that's ridiculous. That's silly. That's carnal. That's carnal. That's the same kind of thing as judging Christians by what they're doing. As you judge by what they're believing, not what they're doing. Well, that one over there, just look at them. Look what they're doing. Uh, they, they, they don't look like a Christian. They're not doing what I'm doing. Lord, I thank thee that I am not like this person. <laughs> but what do they believe? What do they believe? 
they believe in the same gospel they believe in the lord god jesus christ by grace through by grace through faith by belief alone just like you do so they're a brick in, in the spiritual house unto christ just like you are judge not after the appearance judge not after the appearance well this preacher look at the size of his church look at what he's got going look what he's doing that's carnal that's foolishness that's foolishness don't judge by the appearance don't judge by what they're doing you judge by what they're believing you judge by the doctrine which they have confessed which they have confirmed or we are laborers together with god verse 9 ye are god's husbandry ye are god's building according to the grace of god which is given unto me as a wise master builder now look at that look at that phrase right there look at this i under i underline that in my bible here according to the grace of god the grace of god grace is the mortar which holds all the bricks together you see we see god builds the church and he takes one brick and he takes the mortar puts it on the brick and he sets that brick down on the other bricks he builds up the grace is the mortar that builds the building you want to be a wise master builder you want to help the lord build the building build with grace don't build with religion don't build with schisms and cliques and clans and divisions you don't build with the outward appearance you don't build with carnality you build with grace as the the great preacher alistair Begg, uh, i just listened to it again i i can't get enough of this uh, of this short clip of what he says here uh, uh, that the man on the middle cross said i could come the man on the middle cross said i could come if you haven't seen it you need to go see that it's a short three minute clip alistair Begg talking about the the, the thief on the cross about uh, he says how he wants to meet that man in heaven because how did that work for you how, how did that happen uh, he says so you see that the, the thief walks walks through the gate the, the gates of heaven the angel says okay so and why are you here i don't know what do you mean you don't know i don't know but what then he goes and gets his uh, gets a supervisor angel the supervisor angel comes and says says, says to the thief this says, well are you clear on the doctrine of justification by faith i haven't heard of it well what, what about the studies of scripture huh uh, well, well by what basis are you here the man on the middle cross said i could come who are we to say that some people can't go and aren't making it because of what they are and aren't doing why are we judging fruit? Yes, by their fruit you shall know them. Uh, you can tell by fruits, you know, who is by by you know love of the brethren, love of Christ. You know these are things that you can see, but we don't judge the fruit. That's carnal. It's the doctrines of which you have believed. Who is Jesus Christ? What did He do for you, and why? Who was that man on the middle cross? What is grace? These are things we need to understand. We need to grow in these things. We need to mature in these things. Mature in spirit, not flesh. Mature in spirit, in doctrine of spirit, in the doctrine of the words. Mature in these things, not carnality. 
To be a wise master builder is to set aside carnality, is to ignore the things of the flesh, to ignore the, the physical, and to look at spirit, to look, to, to look past, to bypass that which you see. Judge not after the appearance. Stop, stop looking at the person. Start looking at the heart. Start looking at the doctrine of the heart. Start looking at Jesus Christ, the spirit of Christ in that person. And to rejoice with Christ that regardless of what this person has been struggling with, what this person has come from, where this person is going, to understand that this person is held in the hand of Christ and can never be let go. When did the, when did the prodigal son cease to be a son of his father? A wise master builder is one who builds up the church, not tears it down by carnality. Doesn't sow divisions and schisms and cliques and clans. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me, the grace of God which is given unto me. And as we see, as we're born again Christians, we're standing at the Lord. The Lord says, here, get busy. And he hands you a bucket of mortar. He, he hands you the, 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 you know, all the tools. He says, now get building. How can I help him build the church if I'm not using the mortar that he gave me? Just stacking bricks, it's all going to fall apart. We got to know how to mortar it properly, how to use the level and how, how to set them in place, how to set things in place properly. Be a wise master build, pay attention to what you're doing and to build it properly, to follow the instructions of the Lord. I have laid the foundation and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth. Take heed how you're building. Because if you're not building, as the Lord said, how to build, it's all going to fall apart. It's all going to fall apart. A wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. Can other people build upon what you've laid? Can other people use uh, what, what you have put out there? How are you witnessing? How are you evangelizing? How are you working? Are you are you are you leaving it clear and clean? Are, are you leaving it furnished? Are you doing the proper work so that others can can take over and build on? You see that we see in the, in the construction of a house. You see that the first guys come in and they dig the foundation. They, they, they pour, they pour the, the concrete in the bottom. We, then we see the masons coming in and, and building up the block foundation. And then you see the framers coming in. How they all build on, build on, build on each other's work. A wise master builder pays attention to how they're building. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereon. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 20. <clears throat> and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. You see that? To build on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Not the foundation of catechism and commentary and, and, and traditions and orthodoxy. And it's not the foundation of church tradition. It's not the foundation of denominationalism. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's not the foundation of other men. It's not the foundation of Spurgeon. It's not the foundation of Calvin. It's not the foundation of Augustine. It's not the foundation of orthodoxy. It's the foundation of scripture. 
It's the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Who are these? The ones that the Spirit of God worked through, spoke through, and told them what to write down. It's the speakers, the writers of the scriptures. They wrote what God said. It's the foundation of the Word of God. Nothing else. It's the foundation of the Word of God. Not popes and priests and kings, but the Word of God. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple unto the Lord in whom ye also are builded together for an habitation of God through the spirit, through the spirit, not carnality, through the spirit, not physical traditions, through spirit. <coughs> Pay attention to how you're building. What are you building? What are you building upon? <clears throat> Excuse me. What foundation are you taking advantage of to build up your ministry off of? Let it be Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. Verse 11. For other foundation can no man lay than that, that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Look at verse 11. The only foundation that you can build on is Jesus Christ. Everything else will fall apart. Everything else is temporary. Everything else is shaky. Everything else is sand. As Jesus talked about how uh, are you building on the solid rock? Are you building on sand? Where there's only one foundation, there's only one base, there's only one form of ground. That you can build on other names other men other works other traditions it's sand it'll be washed away it'll fall away it'll break apart you can think it's solid you can think it's strong all because it's old doesn't mean that it's solid I'll be well it's the way we've always done it it's been around for hundreds of years it doesn't matter that's irrelevant age doesn't determine truth tradition doesn't determine truth it's the way we've always done it that maybe you've always been wrong verse 12 now if any man build upon this foundation gold silver precious stones wood hay stubble every man's work shall be made manifest just as the words of gamaliel when uh, when the when the sanhedrin had arrested the uh, the apostles and and Gamaliel said to them, you know, take heed what you do to these men. For if their work be of God, you will find yourself opposing God. But if it be of men, it will come to nothing. It will come to nothing. As scripture says, wisdom is justified over children. In time, you will see what it's all about. You'll see what the truth is. If it's if it's of self opinions, if it is of carnality, if it's if it's not built upon the proper foundation of Christ, if it's built in pride and arrogance, it, it will fall apart in time. You will see. You will see. Give it time. You will see. And this is just what it's talking about. Some works uh, that some lay is is like gold. Some who work it's like silver. Others who work it's like precious stones. You know, there, there's some some good to it. Others that work, you know, it's it's a, they work a little bit. You know, it's not much, but they do a little bit of something. It's like wood, and there's others who build, and it it's there's no strength to it. It's like hay and stubble. 
every man's work shall be made manifest. Every ministry, every work, every work. And it's not the person that's tested. It's the doctrine. It's not the person. It's the ministry. Every man's work. Now, it doesn't say every man. It says the work. The work. Because what is being promoted is what's most important. It doesn't matter where it came from. It matters what is being said. It, is matter, it matters what is being taught. Every man's work shall be made manifest. But the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire that shall try every man's work of what sort it is. What is this fire? What does it mean that, that, that the work will be tested by fire? What fire? John chapter 15. Let's look at John chapter 15. <clears throat> I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it. He purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. What, what is this purging? The cleaning and tending and snipping and, 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 and grooming of the thing. He purgeth it, that God will test it. God, God will work at it to try to purify it as as silver tried in a furnace of earth purified seven times, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I knew, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. So we see that we see the the purifying fire of God, and then we see the carnal fire of men, the temptations and trials and troubles and the things of this world that will test you. And like Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. The fire can either be the purifying fire of God or it can be the, temp the tempting, trying fires of this world. But if you are built upon the foundation of Christ and you are built upon the wor word of God, the sound doctrine of the word of God, then the fires of men will not harm you and you'll be purified, hardened by the, by the purging fire of Jesus Christ. So every man's work shall be made manifest. For the, day, for the day shall declare it, because it will be revealed by fire, what sort of work it is. And if it is of God, it will be purified. It will, it will last. It will stand strong. But if it be of men, it will fall apart, and you will see the flaws. You will see the flaws. Now, uh, I've always personally been, been uh, interested in blacksmithing. I always find it just fascinating really fascinating how they can take all the different stuff and they can they get uh, stick it in the fire heat it up hammer on it and they make all different kinds of stuff. i also like ar armory where they make weapons you know swords and knives and all that kind of stuff. it's really cool like forged in fire i don't know if you've ever seen forged in fire or they, how they could take like nuts and bolts and they heat it up and they bash it and they make beautiful swords and knives and stuff uh, competition is really cool but uh, but it's just like that where some individuals where if they if they're not paying attention if they're not paying attention and they and, and they stick it in the fire it falls apart or they go to quench it 
it breaks, cracks, snaps, falls apart. Because they didn't do it right. You gotta get it just right. You gotta pay attention to what you're doing. You can't go quickly. You gotta they take your time. You gotta be careful. You gotta pay attention. You gotta watch the fire. You gotta watch how much heat you're, you put in. You gotta quench it just right. And if you're not doing it just right, it'll all fall apart. It's exactly it. If you're not doing it right, it will all fall apart. You bring in hypocrisy. You bring in legalism. You bring in pride. You bring in arrogance. You bring in carnality. It will all fall apart. You start judging after the appearance. It will all fall apart. You bring in yourself. It's about yourself. Build your name. Your traditions. It will all fall apart. The church won't last. Oh, you may, have, you may have had good intentions, but intentions are nothing. Determination of truth is everything. It may have started out in the great, and you have lots of people, but within a few years, it's just all fallen apart and died. You know, it's, it's one thing that, that I find, it grieves me so much. When uh, we go we go for drives or we're going on vacation somewhere, and one thing I look for and I pay attention to are old church buildings, old church buildings, and how many times I've seen it where where an old church building is just wasting away, rotting away, abandoned, all boarded up, or what well, it used to be a church building, but it's now been repurposed as a shop, as someone else's home or something. Where have these churches gone? And there are so many, they're everywhere. They're absolutely everywhere. And how many ministries have been started and ended and lost because carnality got in? Pride, arrogance, self, and the self-determination, feelings and opinions, liberalism. The world has gotten in and that church has died and folded up. Wise master builder pays attention to how he builds. And it can happen to anyone. And it happens and we stop paying attention to spirit and we start focusing on on carnality you will be tested you will be tested as job was tested you will be tested your work will be tested you say you love christ that will be tested by fire you handing out gospel tracts that will be tested by fire you start going to church that will be tested by fire you want to pray and read your bible that will be tested by fire and the fire will be either the fire of God, the purifying, purging fire of God, or it will be the fire of the temptation of flesh, devils, and the world. Every work, everything will be tested. But keep in mind, you're not the fire. I'm not the fire. I'm not the one that tests it. I am not the purging fire. You're not the purging fire. We're not the, 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 the purifiers. We're not the fruit inspectors. We're the builders. We take the individual who's confessed Christ and with grace, with a good dose of grace, set that in the wall and strengthen it in the church. Our job is to declare the truth and to edify by the truth using grace. Because in masonry, as I, I've done a little bit. I used to work in stone masonry. Uh, that was fun. You take you take the rough rough stones and you take the chisels and then you set that in with with all the cement and stuff. And when you're done, you come back and you take take some mortar on on the 
I forget what it's called, a little scraper, and, and you go along the seams and you put more in where and you, you pack it in and you smooth it out. But that's what we do, right? That's edification. That's strengthening and, and that's examining. But again, using the mortar and you smooth it out. You pack more in, more grace. And we smooth it out and we help it and we get it set in just right. You might need to use a little hammer and just straighten it out just a little bit. And then add some more cement, more grace. Every man's work will be made manifest. Verse 14, if any man's work abide, which he hath built thereon, he shall receive a reward. How can we abide? How can we last? How can we keep on? How can we make sure? How can we establish ourselves? How can we make sure our foundation is solid and we're not built upon carnality? How can we make sure? What does it say? Not what you feel, not what you think, not what you've experienced, not what anyone else is saying, not what other traditions are saying, not what other people are doing. Ignore everything. What does the Word of God say? Hold to that. Hold to that. Hold to the Word of God. Hold on to Christ. Hold fast to Christ. Hold fast to grace. And you will be established. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. and verse 10 where is it second corinthians chapter 5 verse 10 for we must all appear before the judgment seat of christ that everyone may receive the thing done in his body according to that to that he hath done whether it be good or bad what does that say we will all stand before christ this is the day of examination or when when the when the bricklayers and all these when all the work of building the building is done, we we see we see Christ will come along and inspect the whole thing. He will inspect the whole thing. He will look at every seam. He will look at every brick. He'll look at everything that that you've done to help in the building of the building. Now, in this, many Christians seem to think that this is a, a judgment of our sins, all this stuff. No, 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 no. This is, this is the, the reward for work, not the judge for sin. We will all stand before the great white throne. We will all be there. All saved, all unsaved, all angels, all devils, everything, everyone will stand before the throne, before the Lamb, and will call him Lord. The books will be open and those whose names are not found written in the Lamb's Book of Life will be cast in the lake of fire and then all the devils will be cast in the lake of fire then, then we, we uh, which remain here and then the, we stand before the Lord as our sins have already been dealt with by Christ we're not going to be judged for our sins the Lord will be examining our work the Lord will be examining our work we will not be judged for sin he'll be examining our work we'll all stand before the Lord and we'll be examined for our work whether it be good or bad and no, you won't be cast away if you've done bad. And it's not that kind of thing. The Lord will just be examined and be talking to you and just uh, in, inspecting the work and asking questions about this, that kind of thing. That's what it is. As we are children of the Lord, he's not going to disown us or any of that kind of thing. Some people seem to think that's what's going to happen. No. We'll all appear before, before Christ as his workmen, as his children. And he'll be examining our work and what we've done. 
If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. Now, who is he talking? What's he talking about? He's talking about Christians who have who have tried to start ministries and and work for Christ. And if your work shall be burned, meaning if it's fallen apart, it's all fallen apart. You started a ministry and somehow it went wrong and it's all fallen apart and now you're you're in trouble and all this kind of thing if any man's work shall be burned he shall suffer loss but he himself shall be saved you don't your salvation is not endangered by what you're doing your salvation is only endangered whether or not you have you, you have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ for your salvation or if you have not. If you have believed on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for your salvation, you are saved and you can never be unsaved. You can never be unsaved. Now look at it says here. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. And so is by fire. What does that mean? Well, the Catholics say, see right there, that means purgatory. No, that's stupid. Um, no, this is as by fire, the purifying work of the Lord. Well, the Lord sees sees what's happened. He sees how you've gone off, you've angled off in the wrong way, and you all fallen apart. What does the Lord do? He purifies. He, he helps convict. He helps instruct. He helps draw you back. He'll teach you again the basics. He'll start over with the purifying fire of the Lord. The work will be saved. Because the because his word will never return void. His word will never return void. Verse 16. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. Now here's the thing. You go angling off on your own. Well, I think it needs to be built this way. The Lord's going to knock it down. He's going to come along and say, nope, that, that you're doing it all wrong. That's not what I told you to do. He'll, he'll take, it says, now start over. That's exactly it. If any man defile the temple. Now, there's there's different angles we could take on this. Uh, personal, on a personal level, defiling the temple of God, like Ananias and Sapphira. Ananias and Sapphira were born-again Christians. They defiled the temple of themselves by lying to the Holy Ghost, and the Lord took their lives. But they were saved. We see 1 Corinthians 5.5. 5. We'll, we'll get to that another time. We'll talk about it more. But how there were Christians in the church of Corinth who, who had fallen into, into fornication. Uh, Paul says if they, don't, if they don't stop this, if they don't repent, the, repent of this, they'll be handed over to the devil for the destruction of the flesh. Men shall gather them and they will be burned. They'll be handed over to the devil for the destruction of the flesh, but their spirits are still saved. If any man defile the temple, whether it be of person or of work, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. But you will not be cast away. You can't lose your salvation. You might, you might lose the physical, 
Your, your life could be taken if you fall into rebellion and refuse refuse to repent, refuse to walk with the Lord. Or if your ministry has gone, gone off all wrong, that you might lose ministry, you might lose your work, you might lose what you're trying to build, you might lose your life, but your spirit is still saved. But your spirit is still saved. You see that? Which temple ye are. Let no man deceive himself. If any man among you seemeth to be wise in this world, let him be, become a fool that he may be wise. We see individuals. Now, I want to be careful. I am not bashing Bible schools. I am not, by any means, I'm not doing that. However, there are some individuals who, through the, uh, the education process, who can get all puffed up, who get all puffed up, all, all built up, and they become very prideful because they got degrees and diplomas and the big names and they become famous and all of this kind of thing. And that, that is deceiving yourself. Thinking yourself as you're some big one. Though thou exalt thyself as the eagle, thence will I bring thee down. You start building with pride, the Lord will tear it down. The, the, the blessing of the Lord will not be in it. The work of hands, the Lord doesn't bless. It's the work of spirits, the work of heart. Let no man deceive himself. But if you get puffed up with, with your wisdom, your knowledge, your abilities, and all this kind of stuff, you're going to fall apart. Look at Ravi Zacharias. Look at John MacArthur. Look, look at certain other individuals like this down through time. They got all puffed up and they build on their name. It falls apart over time. Look at Billy Graham. It, it all falls apart. It'll be tested. It'll be tested. You stay humble. Don't deceive yourself. Don't think because of your success your name, your wisdom, your knowledge, your ability. As it says here, if you want to be wise, become a fool. What does this mean, become a fool? That word's supposed to be foolish. That's to the world as a fool. As you set aside yourself. See, the world sees wisdom of, of the self-education and wisdom and pride and all this stuff. No, no, no. You humble yourself before the Lord. And the world sees that as foolish. Is is you become as the world would see you like a fool. Because you set aside yourself. You humble yourself. You die to self. You let go of yourself. Verse 19. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he taketh the wise in their own craftiness. The Lord uses the base things of the world to confound the wise. The unlearned fisherman confounded the Sanhedrin. Ignore that which is of carnal. Ignore carnality. Ignore the wisdom of this world. Ignore your own abilities of the works of your own hands. As it's all, it all belongs to the Lord. You're just one of the laborers of the construction. He is the wise master builder. If I want to be a wise master builder, I, I need to learn to be a servant of him. I need to be a servant of him. 
He who built the world. He who built the universe. He who spoke it all into existence. He is the master. I'm just a laborer under him. He's the Lord. I'm just a butler. I'm just the doorkeeper. I'm the floor sweeper. That's all I am. It's nothing of me. It's all of him. Where did the bricks come from that, that build up the, the, the spiritual house? Who made the bricks? Who made the mortar? Who made the very tools with which we use to spread the mortar? I'm nothing. I'm nothing. I learn to work uh, to work in him, under him. I learn to work in grace. For the wisdom of this world is pride, arrogance, self-conceit. The wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he taketh the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise, that they are vain. Vanity. Vanities. Luxuries. The things. It's just, what's the point? What are we here for? We're here for the glory of God. We're here to bring people to the understanding of, of Christ. To bring them to the gospel of Jesus Christ. The man on the middle cross said I could come. It's nothing of me. It's all of him. It's nothing of me. It's all of him. Look at look at verse twenty one. Therefore, let no man glory in men. For all things are yours. All things are yours to glory in men, or we uphold and set we set people on pedestals. You know, the apostle Paul, if he were here today, he would set himself under us. As he says, I'm the least of all apostles. I'm the most wretched of all sinners. I do not, I, I do not deserve to be a servant of Christ, as Paul says. Let no man glory in men. We don't glory in, in people. We don't set up people's names. Um, again, like Augustine, Calvin, Sproul, and MacArthur, Spurgeon, and Moody. We don't, it, stop setting up names. Stop setting up denominations and all this other. And set up Christ and the word of God. What does it say? The, we set up doctrines. We set up the cross. We set up the blood. We set up the death, burial, resurrection. We set up grace, forgiveness, repentance, salvation, the kingdom of God. We set up the doctrines and theologies of scripture. And we examine these things. We don't set up catechisms. We don't set up commentaries. We don't set up creeds. We don't set up traditions. We set up the word of God. The word of God alone. Let no man glory in men. We don't set up traditions. We set up scripture. Let no man glory in men. Because what these individuals, what, what, what men and women of the time past have done and accomplished we can accomplish ourselves as well if we would just put our hands to the wheel look at the work that 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 uh, the mighty men and women of god have done in time past look at the things that they have done who's to say you can't do that who's to say you can't do that all things it says all things are yours that means it's open you want to work for the lord you want to have a ministry here go why won't you Don't glory in people. You glory in the Lord, the Lord who has opened the gates of heaven unto all saints of all the gifts and spiritual gifts are there. They're yours to take hold, fast hold and get to work. 
Start laying the bricks. Start mixing the mortar. Start mixing the mortar. You go, you come to the construction yard, and you, uh, in the morning you gotta start the cement maker. You start it up. You put you put in all the cement mix, and then you put in the water. You put in the scoops of sand, and you get it. You get it mixing up, and you get the mortar just the right consistency. Then you take scoops of it, and you start using it on the bricks, and start setting in the bricks. But first, you gotta learn how to mix the cement. First, you gotta understand the meaning of grace. First, you gotta understand the meaning of the cross. You gotta understand the person of Jesus Christ. Because you're not you're not able to build, you're not able to start a ministry, you're not able to start work until you've learned the basics of how to do it. How to hold the level. How much cement to use. How much cement to use. All things are yours. The, 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 the field, the, it's right there. You want to be a part of the work? Okay, start here. Grab a shovel. Start digging. But you got to know how to hold the shovel, right? Let no man glory in men, for all things are yours. Whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or things present or things to come, all are yours. You can work just like them. Don't glory in men. Don't set people up. Set up Christ. And ye are Christ's. And Christ is God's. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. All right. All right. So go down through the comments here. <laughs> Um, ABS says, may I ask brother, why did they say Lord, Lord, but he says, depart from him. Did they really believe? I take your, hear your take on this. Now, if we take a look at that, uh, many of the day will cry, Lord, Lord. That's Matthew chapter seven, I believe. Um, yes, Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? Then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Okay, what did you not hear? What did they not profess? What were they holding to as that which should have earned their salvation? Nowhere do they say, have we not believed in thy name? But rather they were holding up their works and righteous works. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, not by works. Titus 3, 5, it's not by righteous works. Galatians 2, 16, it's not by works of the law. But we see that through scripture, it's by believing faith. It's by believing faith. For by grace, unmerited favor of God, unmerited favor of God, by grace, unmerited favor, are ye saved through faith, which is believing trust. Faith is not works. Faith is believing trust. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So by grace, unmerited favor, by unmerited favor are ye saved through believing trust, and not of yourselves, but as a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. 
not of righteous works which we have done, but by his mercy he saved us. Not by works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified, but by the faith of Christ. So we see that these ones are works-based salvationists. That, that they were depending on their works and righteous works and law-keeping and church-going and ministry work as that which should have earned it. But, but, but look at the th- I did this and I did this and I did this. But it's not, it's not by what you did and didn't do. The Jesus of the works-based salvationists is not the Jesus of the Bible. They're believing in a false Christ. Many false Christs will arise. The Christ of Catholicism, the Christ of Mormonism, the Christ of Jehovah's Witnesses, the Christ of Hinduism and Buddhism and Islam and Seventh-day Adventism is not the Christ of Scripture. Those are works-based false Christs. The Christ of Scripture, Jesus Christ, saves by grace through faith by belief alone and not, not by works and righteous works. He doesn't need your assistance. He doesn't need anything of you. He just needs you to believe. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Nowhere are they saying, have we not believed in thy name? Rather, instead of saying, but Lord, I believe, they're saying, but I did and I did. And I, the pride. I did this. I did this. I did that. Depart from me. You're full of pride and works. It's not by that. It's by belief alone, not by works. Faith plus works equals hell. Faith plus belief. It's faith alone. Faith plus grace. It's grace alone. Faith alone. Belief alone. It's in Christ alone. It's all of him, none of me. There you go. The reason I ask is because Jesus says because they work in lawlessness. So I'm trying to understand your perspective. Thank you. Uh, amen. So is there iniquity upon them because they're trusting their works and not the blood? That's right. That's right. Because uh, they're, uh, they're depending on religiosity. They're depending on their works, the church going, uh, the, the confessionals, uh, the, the Mary and angels and, and uh, all, uh, their, their works and righteous works. And they're depending on their, on their, because they read the Bible, because they prayed, because they're doing, because they've achieved, because they prophesied, because they cast out devils, because they've done many wonderful works. It's not about the outward. And what today is all about is carnality. Carnality. It's the deception of carnality. When individuals, instead of looking at spirituality, the spiritual alone, instead of looking at Christ alone, they start looking at the physical. They start looking at the, at the outward appearance. They judge after the outward appearance. Well, I'm saved because I do and don't do. That's carnality. That's judging after the appearance. And judging righteous judgment is judging of the heart. It's not what enters the man that defiles him, but that which comes out of the heart. So you see, their iniquity was still upon them because they were looking at a Christ that saves by works. That says that your works are a requirement. No, it's free grace. It's all grace. It's all grace. No, it's not about works. Now, that doesn't mean that that's a let's license to sin and that kind of thing. That, that's stupid because grace is grace alone. The moment we add to grace, it ceases to be grace. Grace is absence of self. It's the unmerited favor of God. So how could I add works or righteous works or law keeping to that mix? If The moment I start throwing other things into the smith mixer, it ceases to be the proper smith. I, I can't throw Play-Doh into the cement mixer i can't throw dirt into the cement mixer it has to be clean proper cement or it won't work 
I can't throw chunks of asphalt into the cement mix. So we see it's what is the mortar that the Lord uses? Grace. It's all about grace. It's all about grace. These individuals are works-based salvationists, which is which are graceless. Because it's all about law and works and righteous works. Like the Judaizers that fought along behind the Apostle Paul. The, the, the Judaizers would come and they would deny grace and try to teach law. And what did Paul say? You've fallen from grace. Is you've fallen from the point and purpose and the meaning of grace. Is, your, is, your, is you have no grace. You say, well, no, it's grace plus works. Then it's not grace. Grace ceases to be grace the moment we add anything to it. What were these ones in Matthew 7 doing? They were adding works and righteous works. Grace ceases to exist. Therefore, they're still in their sin. They're not saved. So there you go. All right. Um, okay. Uh, uh, ABS says, okay, thank you. I agree with you. I will trust only in Christ from now on. I'll try my best to keep the Ten Commandments, but I won't trust in my keeping of the commandments. All right, let me just, if I can just critique that just a little bit, if you don't mind. Um, salvation according to the Word of God. First thing we have to understand is Jesus Christ himself alone, period. And that Jesus is the Christ, the mighty God manifested in the flesh. And that we are sinners lost in sin, condemned in our sins. And that because all have sinned, all have fallen away, all have become corrupt, there's none that doeth good, no, not one. All of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. It's the blood of Jesus Christ is what cleanses us from all sin. Ephesians 1, 7, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins by the riches of his grace. In whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. In whom also, after that ye believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. We see, we see the blood of Christ washes us from our sins, cleanses us from all sin. By the riches of his grace. That without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. And the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. There had to be a death and shedding of blood for the forgiveness of sin. As you see, is a picture from the Old Testament by the death and shedding of blood of the Lamb for the atonement for the sins of the people. Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, behold the Lamb of God which takes away the sin of the world. Um, and it's all of him, nothing of me. I just come to the altar and I believe upon the substitutionary sacrifice of the Lamb. that took my place as the ram caught in the thicket by its horns took the place of Isaac. So Isaac did not have to die, which was a picture of Jesus Christ. The ram caught in the thicket by its horns. The ram crowned with thorns was substituted for Isaac on Mount Moriah, which is also known as Mount Golgotha. And the lamb, uh, the lamb of God crowned with thorns took my place. We are like Isaac. And did Isaac do anything? No, he didn't merit anything. But rather, it was given by grace, so he did not have to die. It was a picture of the gospel. And it was given in place of him. There's nothing of me. I have no good. I have no righteousness. I have no ability. I can't keep anything. I can't do anything. But I can believe. I can accept and believe what God has given. God has given a lamb. He has given a sacrifice. I just need to accept and believe what God has given. Jesus Christ, 
Jesus the Christ, the mighty God, who so loved us, he gave himself for us. God purchased the church with his own blood, Acts 20, 28. As, as he so loved us, he made a way for us that if we would just believe, we would have everlasting life. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast, not by righteous works which we have done, but by his mercy saved us, by the washing of regeneration, renewing of the Holy Ghost. It's the Spirit of God that washes me, cleanses me. As John the Baptist said, I baptize by water, that one is coming greater who will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, the washing of regeneration, renewing of the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of God that falls upon me when I believe upon the gospel of Jesus, Jesus Christ and he cleanses me by by his blood the Spirit of God cleanses me seals me holds me and I'm held in the hand of the Father and no man can pluck you out that means you can't pluck yourself out either and I will never leave thee nor forsake thee and if any man sin we have an advocate with the Father Jesus Christ the righteous that my relationship with the Lord is not dependent upon my doing or not doing but upon uh, upon whether or not I have believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God it's all about Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ crucified, buried, risen again. It's about his work, his righteousness, his merit, what he has done. Because I can do nothing right, but he does it all for me. He holds me despite myself. And when I do sin, when I do mess up because I'm still in this, in the, in this body of sin that's corrupted by sin, I will sin. But if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness and i will be merciful to their iniquities and their sins and their iniquities will i remember no more he cleanses us and strengthens us though your sins be as scarlet they should be washed whiter than snow though they be red like crimson they should be washed white like wool it's all by the mercy and the grace of jesus christ it has nothing to do with my doing or not doing my relationship with the Lord is not dependent upon my keeping or not keeping, but upon whether or not I have believed on the name of the only begotten Son of God. That ye may know that ye have eternal life because ye have believed on the name of the only begotten Son of God. So don't look at whether or not you are you're keeping or not keeping the Ten Commandments. Look at whether or not you have believed or not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. All right. And Olga, how do you develop a personal relationship with Jesus? I like what I just said. So it's understanding grace. It's understanding who he is. How do you develop a relationship with a person? How do you develop a relationship with a person? How is it any different? no different how can I be a friend of Jesus Christ how do you make friends but the Bible says if any man would be a friend let him show himself friendly how can you be friendly with Jesus Christ uh, you spend time with him you talk with him you laugh with him you bring him into everything in everything that you do even in eating and drinking to all to the glory of God is you be a friend of God. You be a friend of God. It's nothing of me. It's all of him. It just talk to him, fellowship with him, witness of him, converse with him, and everything that you do, make him a part of it. Because you want him to be a part of it. 
Not because you, you have to make up a party. No, 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 no. It's not a have to. There is no compulsion. It's not a have to. It's a want to. Why would you not want to? So how do you make friends? I'm going to show yourself friendly. Um, okay, one more question that I get asked a lot. Can you explain Revelation 14, 12? I will try. Um, and for the record, um, we also have a an entire playlist here on our channel dedicated to the book of Revelation. It's a whole walkthrough of the book of Revelation by Pastor Paul. That's my dad. He's a excellent uh scholar and theologian on the on the book of revelation he's a specialist on revelation um he does an entire walkthrough of verse by verse word by word to the entire book of revelation it's a it's a class style study series so please make sure you you, you check out uh, that playlist on revelation okay all right if we back up Okay, so verse 9 about the angel that's flying through the clouds, flying through the sky, warning people not to take the mark of the beast. Uh, whoever takes the mark of the beast shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God. If you take the mark of the beast, you're going to hell. There is no there is no uh, uh, reset. There's no uh, try again. There, do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Uh, there's no second chances. If you take the mark of the beast, you're going to hell. However, we do see at the in that time a grace where the saints will refuse it and they will they would rather give their lives than take the mark. It, 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 so there's that. Um, okay, and the smoke of the torment ended up forever. Those that take the mark of the beast and worship his image. Uh, verse 12, here's the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus Christ. Okay, what what's what's this? This is the truth of God. What are the commandments? Well, those who keep the law. Um, this is the commandments of God the whole book the whole faith it's the whole faith it's not just those who keep the ten commandments it's it's it's, it's a lot more than that it those uh John chapter 6 John chapter 6 um it's a lot simpler than that John 6, 28 and 29. Then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. Uh, verse 39 and 40. And this is the Father's will which hath sent me, that all which uh, have all which he hath given me I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that every one which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. All the law and the prophets are fulfilled in Jesus Christ. So here's the patience of the saints, the, those that, that 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 patiently endure all things. Are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus Christ? Those that hold to the word of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Those that keep the whole faith, that they protect it, they hold it, and they will never deny it, they will never let it go, they won't compromise it, and they keep to the faith. That's what that's talking about. It's not talking about orthodoxy and law keeping and commandment keeping. It's not about that. It's simpler and bigger. It's just the whole faith. 
those who the, those who protect and hold and won't deny it those who won't give it up those who won't surrender it those who won't, won't compromise it uh, those who are born again saved keep the faith of jesus christ that's what it's talking about it's the commandments of christ it's the ordinances of christ's teaching like like witnessing and evangelism and charity and and all the different things that accompany salvation all the things that accompany salvation first uh, Peter 315 but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to those that come and ask you the faith within you why are they coming to ask you the hope within you because they see something so James 2 the works of the faith of, of the Saints so the commandments the things that, okay now you believed on the faith of Jesus Christ now what do you do just sit down and, and play a harp no you get busy you get busy you go do work ministry evangelize all these things that keep the commandments of christ the commandments of god what are the commandments of god given to those that have believed on him that, that there's work for the saints to do is you don't you know just believe in jesus now sit down and just wait to be raptured you believe in the lord jesus christ now go into all the world and preach the gospel that's a commandment of god go into all the world and preach the gospel is a commandment of god so there's more than just Ten Commandments. <laughs> there's a lot more. Uh, but it's this, it's not a have to, it's a want to. These are things that accompany, that you show the love of Christ, the ministry of Christ, the grace of Christ, the edification of Christ. You build the church, you pray for the lost, you preach to the lost, and you you strengthen the saints, you help in charity, and there's just so much, These all these things. The patience of the saints that are ones that endured trials and temptations while keeping the ministry of Jesus Christ and the gospel of salvation. That's what that's talking about there. So yeah. So I hope that makes sense. Um all right. Alrighty, so there we go. So again, um, for those that came in just partway into this broadcast, I would like to invite you to watch this, this study from the beginning. You need to see the beginning of this broadcast to understand the whole context as we see the study about abstaining from focusing on the carnality. What is that? That's the physical, the outward, not judging after the appearance, but judging righteous judgment. What is that? And we do a whole walkthrough of this. So please make sure uh, you uh, listen to this whole study and then uh, share this around. Okay, what is the will of God for men? That's John chapter 6. That's John chapter 6 and verses 28 and 29 and verses 39 and 40. That's John chapter 6 verses 28 and 29 and 39 and 40. And so uh, make sure you memorize those and underline those as well. So this study here, again, about uh, what is important, what's the faith built upon, what is our focus, what should we listen to. So please make sure you uh, listen to this whole study, share this around. And if you appreciate these studies, please give this a like as a thumbs up. Make sure you subscribe, hit the notification bell icon so you only put up new videos and check out all our other videos. We've got tons and tons of content, tons of other goodies, studies, other uh, books of the Bible and topics and doctrines and, and such and uh, debates and all kinds of other goodies, goodies and good stuff. So make sure you check it all out. Check out our other playlists. We got playlists on the book of Revelation. We got playlists on spiritual gifts. We got playlists on witnessing and evangelism. We got tons of stuff. So 
avail yourself to the search bar on our on a on the homepage of our YouTube channel, and and uh, and search for a topic. We pretty much will have a, a, a video on nearly every topic. So, uh, search it. If you can't find anything, let us know, and uh, we'll try to help you out. As well as you can contact us directly through our website, christiancoffeetime.ca. And please remember, we also have podcasts where we're uploading many of our videos. We upload the MP3 file of the video to uh, up so you can listen to the studies via podcast. And you can uh, you can uh, connect to our podcast through our website. It have links to the platforms and such so you can check that out. So we got links to our shops, our merch stuff. We got links to um, a free uh, d- uh, downloadable PDFs of gospel tracks. So you can have free gospel tracks uh, to print out and hand out yourself. So we got tons of stuff. So make sure you check it out. And if you need help finding anything, let us know. All right. So again, today's study all about uh, the cliques and clans and schisms and divisions and all that kind of stuff, and what uh, Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 regarding this, and how we need to abstain from that, and how he ties us into carnality, which is at enmity with God. we got to be careful about judging after the outward, being fruit inspectors kind of thing. We need to focus on grace, uh, and grace alone, what freely, the liberty of Christ by grace. So the, 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 uh, the free grace of God, according to the word of God, what it says uh, in conjunction with this. So there you go. That's today's study. So I hope you've enjoyed this. Hope it's been a help and a comfort and a blessing to you. So thank you so much for joining in. God bless all those who love our Lord Jesus Christ. God bless all those who love his holy word. Hope to see you again, folks. And as always, if I don't see you again, I'll see you in the sky. God bless.